episode 277, Champion Series Key Number 2, Attraction. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying in power. Bring on today's lesson. Hey, y'all. I hope you have enjoyed the beginning of this series. If you haven't listened to key number one, I want you to go back an episode and listen to that where I'm sharing different stories through my life and I teach you a lesson at the end. And in this three-part series, you are going to learn three keys to choosing you your life, and the legacy that you leave. And I really want you to become the champion of your own life and of your career. And that's why I'm calling it the champion series. So let's start with key number two. So I always knew I wanted to become a teacher. I don't know if that is your story, but it sure is mine. So my fourth grade teacher, Miss Lofi, was young and beautiful, and she just made learning fun. And so there was this deep desire that was burning within me as I was watching her teach. I saw myself teaching and believed I could do it and then silently declared to make it happen. I played school every chance I got. I passed out blank papers in my living room to imaginary desks full of bright-eyed elementary school students, and I used the red pen to correct their test. I delivered my best lessons in my dad's oversized t-shirt and my mom's pantyhose with her high heels. (laughs) So Ms. Lofi gave me all her old teacher edition textbooks with the answers. I felt so amazing. And she had no longer needed those. They must have had a different curriculum. I thought I had struck it rich. I carried that in my arm and walked laps in my living room teaching these imaginary students. And when I would get bored teaching to this empty room, I would fill it with people passing by, like my two brothers or my parents. And so I determined that... (laughs) My brothers were actually delinquents, and I would get so angry they never showed up for school. My mom was the class pet. She was the straight-A student. She followed every direction, and my dad, he was pretty mischievous. He would copy off my mom's paper. He would cause a ruckus that left me with more headaches than I really care to tell you about. And he would say, I'm just trying to prepare you for what you're going to face in the future. I mean, why did he always have to be right? (laughs) It's all choices. If you remember from key number one, choosing wisely, it's all choices. So things would happen and I had to adjust key number one. And I realized that this teaching thing wasn't going to be as easy as I initially thought. Luckily, though, I had a support system that definitely included Santa Claus. They hooked me up as best they could. (laughs) 
um, our garage turned into a classroom. It had this wall size world map and I had a chalkboard. I had those textbooks. I've got folders. I eventually got some stamps and stickers. And of course, my little handy dandy red pens in my nightstand over time started collecting every how to teach book that was ever made. And I would highlight and I'd write in the margin. I would dog ear all the page. I mean, if you don't believe me, my entire closet as a grown adult is full of these books and like subscription magazines to Ed Leadership. I mean, I've made the choice to go after what I want with gusto. And because of that, I started to attract the things I wanted into my life. It wasn't a secret what I loved. It wasn't a secret what I needed from other people, which being young and not quite ready to become an adult and teach they would give me things that teachers would need, supplies. And so I started hoarding these items since I was young. And that was a way for other folks to support me and encourage me. You want to be a teacher, little girl? You go on. Here's some stickers. Add it to your stack. Here's a book or here's rulers or, you know, any of those supplies. And it made me feel validated that my dream was possible and that I would be capable, that these people thought I would be good enough because they are supporting me in my dream. And I've got to tell you, though, my home life was pretty boring and pretty normal. <laughs> At least I thought it was. It wasn't until later that I would learn many folks did not come from a home that was similar to mine where you get home from school and your mom is there, Susie Homemaker, which her name is Susie, <laughs> uh, with a freshly made snack and she was present and ready to sit next to us to help with homework before, you know, we begged her to go out to play. And then at 6.30, my dad would arrive home from work and place his briefcase down at the door, join us at the table. We'd all share the events of our day. We enjoyed this, you know, warm, delicious dinner with all the food groups prepared by my mother. Um... And if you're wondering what we ate, have no fear. It was chicken served every which way, six out of seven days, because Friday was always pizza. Oh, my God. Anyway, this whole leave it to beaver family was legit my life. Like, it provided safety, support, um, just a foundation for all that would grow within me before going out into the world to make those wise choices, right? And chase my teaching dream and turn it into a reality. I've got to tell you, though, I am not Susie Homemaker. I do not have freshly laid snacks out when my kids get home. I don't have dinner with all the food groups waiting for my husband when he gets home. I wish I could have replicated that. It is not in my DNA somehow. My mother must have stolen all of that juice. Um, but I still to this day laugh that that was my life. And I thought that was normal until... I would get into high school and college and people would be like, this is truly what you go home to. Like, this is your life. I'm like, yeah. What was it like at your house? They're like, well, my parents are working or my mom doesn't do that. And I'm like, what? And now that I'm a parent, I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's, that's too much. <laughs> I, I love you kids, but I, I just, I'm not interested in that. I wish I, I got it better. Maybe you guys are the leave it to beaver listeners. I'm not sure, but I had everything I ever needed or wanted because of this life that my parents were working hard to create and to maintain. My dad would work hard so that we would have, you know, new cleats for soccer or sign up for band practice. And my mom was working hard at home to keep a clean house or to make all the necessary food for the week and plan and prep all the activities. And I mean, she truly ran that house like she was the CEO. Now that I look back and now that I'm a mom, I'm like, she really whipped us into shape 
everything was orderly. There were schedules and um, not a moment wasted. You know, everything ran smoothly. Gosh, Suze, you need to like create a course on how to dominate life. It's amazing. But more importantly, there were just simple moments that were overlooked at the time, but now they're standing out to me. And I'm calling them like additional songs on my life's soundtrack. I I just learned that if I wanted things, I had to attract them. And to attract them, I had to position myself to be available so that when the opportunity came to be something greater, I was prepared and I was ready to answer the call. So for example, my mom drove me to every sporting event, remember, because she's just amazing. She stood in torrential rain, cheering me on with her little cowbell to the chagrin of other people on the sidelines. That thing's still, I can still hear it clearly right now in this moment. But she taught me that whatever it takes, you show up. There are no excuses. You said you were going to commit to this activity and we are coming and we're coming on time and we're coming prepared with all our materials. And I'm going to be right there cheering you on, supporting you and whatever. She just wanted me to succeed. She wanted me to grow my skills. She showed up for me every time no matter what. And in fact, our family instituted the red plate. I think I might've told y'all this already, but we celebrate each other's victories, whether they're small or large. The physical recognition motivated my brothers and I to keep dreaming, to keep putting in the work and to keep showing up to make, go ahead, let's all say it together, (laughs) wise choices. And so what was developing for me on the field as an athlete was translating off the field, like perseverance and determination and teamwork. And these were all the things that were preparing me for my future. I didn't remember or realize at the time what it was all adding up to be. But if you remember from key number one, watching Love Connection with my dad, I didn't realize at the time the lesson I was learning. And he was helping me navigate the world and making wise choices. And now here's my mom helping me learn how to manage my time and how to keep my commitments and how to give my all to whatever it is that I said I was going to do. And then I would have these numerous chats with my dad in his home office. We would make a list of potential places to apply to for my first job, which by the way, was at The Gap. I don't know if any of y'all worked at the mall. But then later, you know, going through countless rounds of mock interviews with my dad and resume writing so I could land my first real teaching job. Hey y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. Showing me that choosing my future happens with all these small intentional decisions along the way. And in fact, all our friends in high school would come over and make an appointment with my dad and they would mock interview or he would help them kind of navigate or think through what do you want to become and what would that path look like and which school might be best aligned with that? And what about financial aid? What might that look like? And he was just, he's just a guide. He knew how to come from measly beginnings with his family being in um, the services and that whole time was all about multiple wars. And so the same thing with my mother, her father um, also served. And so everything that my dad was able to create in this family was because he just worked relentlessly. And my mother 
did the same at home. She worked so hard to keep this great house and um, continue making each house we had a home because she believed that was how she could continue to give back and give her kids a better life than she had so that they could go on and do the same. And that was their life mission is to prepare us to go out and be great, which is why I truly believe that and say that to you all the time. But my dad was just helping me in these little moments, practicing for job interviews or rewriting a resume to just really discover what are my strongest skill sets and then go advocate for their worth, for how much it meant to this company or this new job, how I could be an asset. And so if I successfully showcased the skills I'd been working so hard to sharpen the last few years in multiple different arenas, I would start to attract opportunities to my life to help me continue to grow. And so not only did I land a teaching job, but Because I had been learning and loving teaching for so long prior to that moment, I was prepared and ready to help other people. And so I started taking on leadership roles within every sport I played or employment position. I didn't want my dreams to just remain far off in the distance. I wanted them to come to fruition right here in the present. And so through the law of attraction, plus with my choice making, I was able to really fulfill many of the dreams I set for myself, including marrying my dream guy. (laughs) Um, My husband and I have what you might think on the outside is like this fairy tale love story. But for me, it was a lot rockier than the storyline I desire. Fun fact, when I met my favorite romance novel author, Nicholas Sparks, I told him our love story. And he laughed and told me it needed a bit more action, like killing off my mother, who was standing right there next to me. Oh, still cracks me up. So if Nicholas Sparks didn't think my love story was rocky, then maybe it's just my outlook. But anyway, since I was a little girl, I always visualized the type of guy. Not exactly like what he looked like, but just the type of guy. I wanted him hardworking. I wanted him driven. I wanted him family-oriented and charismatic. And it's probably all going back to those love connection days of my dad pointing out different attributes of people and some things that are good attributes and some things that are red flags. And so that's probably why I started formulating the list of the type of person rather than what does Prince Charming look like. So the day that I walked into the apartment complex while I was looking for a job, hunting for my next home in North Carolina, I met the one. He was everything I wanted to the T. He's got some Southern charm sprinkled on top. (laughs) And I hate to break up the fairy tale. Uh, But literally, we went our separate ways two and a half years later. I was devastated. Um, My parents loved him. He passed the test with flying colors. My dad 100% loved him. But Mr. Wright wasn't Mr. Wright now. And that was really hard for me to understand because in my mind, I chose wisely. I was prepared for the relationship. I was ready to attract this long-term relationship. But it was time for another adjustment. Hello, key number one. And sometimes people needs space to grow before they're truly ready to meet you eye to eye. So fast forward five long years apart, my Mr. Right appeared uh, fully ready to choose me for forever. And so we've now built a beautiful home and a family. And so just because I attracted the right one didn't mean it was the right time. And so, however, because our paths initially crossed when the time was right, I was top of mind. So had we not met and dated then, 
when he was ready, he wouldn't have known I existed. So I guess the way it all played out was important as much as I hate to say it. But if I learned anything through these obstacles and these different opportunities in my journey, it's that it always works out in the end because you choose for it to. Because like my mother, we learn to just face things head on. We make decisions the best we can and we take action and we choose to use the resources that we have at our disposal to create the reality that we want. It's it's a mindset and it's motion. We think it and we do it. And I think most of us get frozen sometimes and we get in the pity party. But as you remember, my mother in key number one could not choose to sit idle and wait for help. She had to be the leader and she did. And you find strength within, within yourself. Anytime you go through something hard or just something new and exciting, you realize what you're made of and what you're capable of. And I realized that all these moments, all the small moments as a kid, all the medium moments as a growing teen, and all the large moments as an adult, they were all leading to the next thing. I didn't realize I was gaining characteristics about myself or strengthening skills that would ever translate to something else. And you always have more to offer than you realize. So whether it's sports or jobs or significant others, attracting what you want so that your dreams can come to fruition through a series of wise choices, might I add, that is the second key to choosing you and your life and the legacy that you leave. And if you don't have a red plate, you need to get one. So my question to you is how are you going to hold yourself accountable for attracting the things that you want? Key number one was about learning to adjust And being able to pivot and embrace new things so you get out of your comfort zone. And key number two is about when you're out of your comfort zone and you're gaining new skills. All of that is helping you be in the right place at the right time to attract the things that you want in your life. So how are you going to hold yourself accountable for doing that? You've just been empowered. (laughs)